2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Uh, I told you the Mets were going to get swept. And... Even more so, I knew exactly how it was going to happen once we got into that bottom of the ninth. You see Adovino coming in. You know what really is going down. And we were actually trying to, um, in the newsroom at SNY, one of my uh, buddies, James Ward, who used to work at the fan. We were talking about it, and we were trying to figure out which lefty was coming up first that would take Adovino deep. And sure enough, it was the pinch hitter. He goes deep and the game is over. And the Mets, in fact, do get swept, like we said uh, was going to happen yesterday as Mitchell homers uh, off of Adovino to send the Mets home in, I mean, just horrible fashion now. Look, I know that we're on every day after these games, and today's going to suck because there's no baseball. Both the Mets and the Yankees get postponed until Friday, so that sucks because this is the first time in a week that you don't have either of the teams playing. And that is something that you know we get used to in baseball season where every day you have the teams there. So I hate the idea that both games – got postponed but let's move on from that because you know the Mets will have their home opener on Friday everything will be fine the weather's better so no need to worry about it later on today and risk going out there in the rain and all that stuff but the Mets will come limping home and we'll get into the Yankees and Garrett Cole and his dominance as the best pitcher in baseball and all that stuff this is not ignoring the Yankees but the Mets are the top story because they just got swept in excruciating fashion. You cannot get bludgeoned 19-zip in the first two games and then go out there and lose on a walk-off homer on the bottom of the ninth. It just can't happen. Not for a team with the highest payroll in Major League Baseball. And there are many levels to the disaster that has been the Mets just in these first seven games. Number one, we touched on this yesterday. The Mets took till May 15th last year, May 16th, mid-May, to lose their first series. That is out the window. W- series two. This year. The Mets didn't get swept last year in a series. Until September. They didn't get swept until September. That again out the window. In series two. The Mets even when they did lose. Were competitive. Two of these three games. Were non-competitive. 10-0 and 9-0. And. And. While you may look at the positives from yesterday, and there were some, actually there were two, Lindor and Alonzo. But those were two guys that we told you we felt comfortable in saying eventually they'll get going. I think it's even worse because it points to the fact that without those two guys doing what they do, the Mets have no chance. And look at the lineup yesterday. They had seven hits. Five of them came from Lindor and Alonzo. That can't happen. It can't happen. Now, the bigger issue is not even the offense, believe it or not. People look at the offense and, you know, focus on the 19-0 in the first two games of this series, and the Mets getting shut out two games in a row, and rightfully so. But the offense was going to be a question – coming in. Everyone knew it, including the Mets. Maybe they didn't know to what extent, but everybody knew that the Mets bats were going to be a little bit of an issue to the point where we knew eventually it's either going to be Beatty Alvarez, both plus a move or two at the trade deadline. Like we knew that going in the pitching is what we did not anticipate being such a major problem. And it's on Max Scherzer. It's on Justin Verlander. Those two guys, when people look at this team and say, oh, it doesn't look like the highest payroll in baseball, a team that, that uh, the highest payroll puts together. Yeah, obviously it doesn't in the lineup because that's not who they're paying. They're paying Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. I mean, and Robinson know, but you get the point. I'm talking about guys that are here. Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. Verlander. IL, nowhere to be found right now. I don't want to hear about the updates that are encouraging. Get him out there and get him going. And if he's not healthy, it's a big problem because the Mets replaced somebody in that rotation who was one of the best in Major League Baseball. They did it because he wasn't able to stay healthy. So if you're going to replace him with a guy, the guy had better take the mound and Verlander MIA to start the year. That was strike two. For the Mets. Strike one, Edwin Diaz, of course. Strike two, Justin Verlander. And they're hanging on by a thread not to get struck out before they return home to open the season at Citi Field because you have, as we mentioned, the offense coming into question. But then Max Scherzer, who we touched on yesterday, you know, Max has no answers for getting beat up the way that he did. Well, without him and Verlander dominating... Every fifth day, each of them. This team's not going anywhere. And forget about the Braves. I mean, you could kiss that goodbye. The, the Braves don't lose. They do not lose. They're a better team than the Mets. They're a better team last year. They're a better team this year. They're built better. But when you look to reasons why, and look, with all this being said, it's seven games. I mean, the Mets are you know, three and four. It's not the end of the world. Despite what this may sound like or despite what Mets fans may be saying. It is not, in fact, the end of the world. They'll be okay because they're a decent team. But we're not talking about decent or good team. We're talking about World Series caliber team, where you see that potential still with the Yankees, even though right now it doesn't look like that necessarily, you still see the path to that. With the Mets, it is very difficult to see the path for that early on because you're seeing something that we did not see at all last year, at all. This didn't happen. They weren't under 500 at all, ever, not once last year. So that is something you'd say, well, it's early on. Yeah, you know what? They weren't. It was early on last year, too. They were never under 500. They didn't get swept until the end of the season, where everything started to fall apart. And the bigger picture, I think, is that there were flaws with the philosophy of the construction of this team, something we discussed in the offseason. Do you go again all in with the pitching the way the Mets did, as opposed to trying to build a better, stronger lineup? And the reason why I wanted the Mets to build a better, stronger lineup was because I saw it fail last year when they built their team on pitching, when they relied too heavily on starting pitching. It failed. They had it healthy at the right time. Down the stretch, Atlanta, San Diego, it didn't work, and the one out for that was that well, Max was hurt, right? That's the one excuse you heard all off long. Well, Scherzer wasn't one hundred percent healthy. Well, now what's the excuse? And is it as simple as well? You know what? It's early. Scherzer just trying to get his feet under him here, figure out the pitch clock, and then he's going to be okay. I'm not. I'm not buying that. And who the hell knows what's up with Verlander? What if this is something serious? By the way, Jacob deGrom has taken two starts, and he pitched yesterday. He went six innings, struck out 11, allowed just one earned run. Sound familiar? Now, he got lit up in his first start, but that was a, not vintage, but that was more normal, a typical Jacob deGrom start. Six innings, one earned run, 11 strikeouts. That's better than anything Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander have done. Didn't take long to, you know, see that one sting a little bit. Now, again, it's very, very early, but look at this team and tell me how you see the way out. Even with Beatty, I and mean, the Mets got good injury news yesterday in regards to Beatty, although I would be concerned about that thumb. I mean, it's just one thing after another with this team. Seven games into the year. One thing after another. I told you, sometimes you just know it's not your year. The Diaz thing was, those were flares being sent off. When that type of stuff happens, sometimes you just got to suck it up, take the loss, and wait till next year. And you hate to say that at this point. I mean, it's, it's April 6th. And they have the resources, Steve Cohen does, to go out there and add. Sure, but to what extent? Are they going to give up guys in the farm? Probably not. Not that many anyway. Especially not for a team that they figure is not necessarily ready right now to go win a World Series. But look at the lineup. I mean... You know, so if they're built on the starting pitching and those guys aren't getting it done, and then you look to the lineup and say, oh, maybe the bats could carry them for a little bit. You know, by the way, we're not even getting into Tyler McGill or David Peterson, you know, no Quintana. I mean, Carrasco. It's a it's a mess. I mean, it is an all-out mess outside of Kodai Senga. And even him, we don't know. He's had one, one game and, you know, he had a battle through that first inning and he was very good. And I think Senga will be fine, but that's it right now. But then you look at the lineup for answers, and they're just not there. And to have that type of series take place to where you expected, or at least we expected, you know, we are saying it uh, yesterday, you knew that the Brewers were just a buzzsaw through the Mets – this particular week, and you knew the Mets would somehow find a way to lose. But then watch the game play out the way that it did, down 4-1, and everybody's thinking the worst. Here we go. Mets are toast. Mets are in trouble. And then you get the big bats going with Lindor and Alonzo giving you hope. Alonzo with the two, two-run homers, only to give it right back. I'll tell you something else. Drew Smith, I have seen enough of Drew Smith. Enough! Every year, it's the same crap with Drew Smith. Oh, this will be the year that you trust him to get big outs, and this will be the year that he's finally – and this year, he lost 20 pounds or whatever diet he's on. Drew Smith stinks. His pitches are way too hittable. The guys told him to trust his fastball more often. What does he do? He throws a changeup, and it gets tattooed. You can't have it happen. Ottavino, same thing. I think he's going to have a down year. He was great last year, but I don't trust him. At all. He's just, to me, last year was the aberration, which leaves you David Robertson and Brooks Raley minus Edwin Diaz. Now, again, that's extreme nitpicking right there off of one day, but Drew Smith and Adevino aren't it. And that's how you know things are going bad. If your pitching is doing the job, you don't score any runs. And when the offense is doing the job, the pitching does not stop the opponent. And it was a combination of everything. Really, the Mets didn't do anything right. The only thing that they even did to any extent of of something positive in this Brewer series was Lindor and Alonzo yesterday. Other than that, they did nothing. Starters were awful. Bullpen, no good. And the lineup overall, I don't care even if Alonzo homered twice and Lindor had a big day and they scored six runs in the finale. They got shut out in the first two. Six runs in three games, not good enough any way you slice it. And the Mets come limping home. They'll rest up with the off day with the postponement now and get set to open up city field where there you know, there will be some excitement. But just know, and there'll be a lot of excitement. Just know it's not last year. The Mets ran it back, hoping that they would improve on last year, if not Anything but just the luck department. Well, guess what? Already that has failed because already they've been unluckier than they were a year ago. You know, and then you have Narvaez getting banged up, and I guess Alvarez is getting in place to potentially come up and take his roster spot if need be. That'll at least give Met fans a jolt of excitement here. And again, we're talking about the you know this team like it's zero seven. They're three and four, so the season isn't over yet. But, man, there are concerns with this ball club. The flaws have been shown right out of the gate. Now, that could be a good thing. If they overcome it, right the ship, get back on track. But it is a scary thing when there was thought going into the year that things could go sideways. Right now, things are going sideways. Can Buck and the Mets figure out a way to straighten things out before it is too late and they all of a sudden are buried in the NL East 877-337-6666 we'll get into the Yankees like I said as well Garrett Cole continues to go out there and dominate Glaber Torres has been on fire to start the year huge signs for the Yankees how about the Knicks and Rangers as well we'll discuss the Rangers big gritty win as they are ready for the postseason and the Knicks young guys getting it done last night in an otherwise irrelevant game as they will get set for the postseason starting
1: next week
0: call from mom answer it call silenced
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
2: Your official
4: station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today.
3: Salacotta back on the fan. Baseball is back and the push for the postseason is on for hockey and hoops. Rangers and Knicks. Certainly getting ready for it. Make it all count this spring with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around with a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, you get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. As for the Yankees. They did their job taking two of three from the Phillies, as we expected that they would. But, you know, Gary Cole, really a couple of things. Glaber Torres, another three hits, drove in a couple of runs. He's been on fire to start the year. Thank goodness that they never traded him, huh, Yankee fans? I mean, everybody wanted them out last year, and then even in the spring this year. Yeah, get Peraza up, get Volpe up, get Glaber out. How about get Donaldson out? And I guess Donaldson dealing with the hamstring injury now, or injury now, whatever. It doesn't seem to be too serious, but maybe fans hoping it would be and get him out of the lineup. Um, But anyway, Glaber's been on fire, and Garrett Cole goes out there and shows again. You know, we talked about DeGrom. We talked about uh, Verlander and Scherzer and all the hype around those two guys and the Mets building a loaded staff, whether it was last year, whether it's this year. And Garrett Cole just continues to go out there and be the one of those three guys that actually pitches every fifth day and that dominates when he does pitch every fifth day. Cole now 2-0 on the year, pitching to a .73 ERA after his six and a third yesterday, allowing just the one run while striking out eight. I mean, that's what an ace does. Garrett Cole gets overlooked and underappreciated to a certain extent here in this town. And I do think that fans appreciate him, but maybe not the way that they should. And the hype around Verlander and Scherzer and DeGrom, and DeGrom wasn't just hype. DeGrom was the best pitcher. I mean, historically, he was dominant, of course, for a couple of years, 2018, 2019, even 2020 you know, for a little bit. Um, so it, it wasn't just you know fake hype with him. It was legit. However, he was not able to stay healthy the last couple of years, obviously. So even when his name came up, it was always DeGrom first and then Cole under that. Oh, who's the best pitcher in New York? Oh, it's going to be Scherzer? Is it going to be Verlander now? And Garrett Cole just goes out there, takes the ball every fifth day. No nonsense. Go gets the job done. That's what you want. One negative from the Yankees. I mean, I guess there are a couple of little things here or there, but Volpe's struggling. And all the expectations, you know, we talk about the hype, all the hype around Anthony Volpe. All the expectation, all the fanfare, everybody going nuts for Volpe. Oh, it's not, it wasn't good enough that he's starting shortstop on opening day. It's, why is he hitting ninth? Put him lead off. And Volpe's hitting a buck seventy-six to start the year. He's struggling offensively. And that's something that's going to have to get fixed. Not saying it won't. I'm just saying that's something that's going to have to get fixed. Now, luckily for the Yanks, their top guys in the order, and in particular, Gleyber Torres, are getting the job done. Judge, LeMayu, Rizzo, Torres, these guys have been raking so far to start the year. So they could overcome maybe some of the other guys in the lineup struggling, unlike the Mets. But a good start for the Yankees nonetheless. Win another two out of three, and now they'll have an off day today. Again, the Mets and Yankees were both supposed to be off Friday. Instead, they'll both be off today as their games are postponed until Friday. Mets will open at home against the Marlins. Tyler McGill still expected to pitch that game, and the Yankees will go play in Baltimore, start their first road trip of the season. 877 66 Ken is calling from Queens. Good morning, Ken.
5: Hey, Sal. How you doing? Good, Ken. How are you? Oh, I love you tonight, Sal. I love you. I'll tell you why. I feel... The same way about Mr. Drew Smith. Oh, God, I can't. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Mr. Drew Smith, because I'm sick and tired of him also. That's number one.
3: Well, he's not going anywhere. Just for clarity, Ken, Drew Smith, unfortunately, is not going anywhere. But I've had it with him. Because every year, it's, oh, this is going to be the year Drew Smith emerges. Oh, this is going to be the year Drew Smith emerges. He stinks. I watch him pitch year after year after year when he's actually healthy. And he gets tattooed almost every time. Guys hit the ball hard. They may hit it into a glove occasionally. But I can never and will never trust Drew Smith.
5: Right. Now, you know, Sal... Adovino, I felt the same way. We got a year out of him. I wish they would have gone for the lefty Andrew Shafin, who I happen to love. They didn't. And and to make it worse, they signed Adovino for two years instead of just giving him the one-year deal. Okay, forget about that. Sal, do you think if the Mets fall out of it, that they might trade Scherzer down the road, maybe back to the Dodgers where he came from uh, a couple years ago? No,
3: no, I cannot imagine. I mean, geez, Ken, that never even crossed my mind. The I'm, I'm Mets just becoming sellers. If re-
5: let's say they get more injuries, and they and the Braves are on fire, and they fall like really on bad. Instead of Going and adding, they might subtract. subtract. Nah, here's, they might here's bring why. up their young kids. Here, here's, here's why. Huh? I mean,
3: look, I, I, it's not impossible, I guess, but here's why. With the expanded postseason, there's no way the Mets aren't making the playoffs. I mean, it would have to be a catastrophe for the Mets to miss out <laughs> on the postseason. So the so only way they many would times even has consider. I team
5: made it twice, two years in a row. So oh, I know. It, 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 no, I get it. You've, you've heard me talk.
3: No, I know that, but but think about it. In your scenario, Ken, for them to become sellers, they'd have to be out of it by the trade deadline. Do you know what that would take for this team to be out of it by the trade deadline? Because if they're not buried completely by the trade deadline, there's no way Steve Cohen would ever accept being sellers at this particular point. There's
5: no way. Yeah, but I don't know. Would you bring back Searcher next year? If he continues well, that's a different story.
3: No, that's a different story. But I don't even—it's—it's it's his option, isn't it? He's got the the player option yeah, player for next year, options, I believe.
5: Supposedly,
3: yeah. Player so, option, I, that, and he, it's not their choice. And look, I don't think that this is a quick fix with Scherzer. They seem to think it could be. You know, the, the people are hopeful that it's no big deal. Buck Showalter was not concerned about Mac Scherzer? I am. I'm concerned because Scherzer himself says, I don't know, I just got to be better. I don't know. Well, if you don't know, then how are you going to fix it? Because something's clearly wrong when you're getting, giving up back-to-back-to-back home runs.
5: Sal, so, I told you last night, it's far cold. father time catches up to everybody.
3: Yeah, I get it, Ken, and thank you for the call. Appreciate you calling in, as always. Uh, I don't know if I'm there yet with Scherzer but I'm starting to be very concerned about it because he failed last year down the stretch because they desperately need him. This is not the way, this is not the ideal way. I know the Mets, what they're trying to do, trying to make up for lost time by throwing big money at big pitching on short-year deals until they can build up the farm system the way that you need to to have a sustainable, successful organization. They're nowhere near that yet. So in the meantime, go get Scherzer, go get Verlander. Okay, fine. But it's not working. Building around pitching to that extent is going to limit what you could do with the lineup, and right now, the better lineups in baseball win. I know everybody says, you can't have enough pitching, 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 pitching. Yeah, sure. But now you need power. You need depth in your lineup. And that's more trustworthy and more predictable or reliable than it is to predict what's going to happen with pitching. Because as you've seen, even the most dominant pitchers, you can't, you, you don't know when they're going to be healthy or not. Whether it's Degrom, whether it's Verlander now, whether it's Quintana, you just don't know. Position players, to me, are more of a solid bet. John is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, John?
6: How you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Well, thanks I'm for making calling. it. What's up? Yeah, I'm just calling because I, I got two questions for you. One, do you think the Mets are going to make the playoffs this year? Yes. Okay. Now, do you think that'll Starting pitching is going to hold up as, due to the age like Scherzer and Berlander. Do you think that, you know, I mean, and even Roberts, the closer, was 37 years old. Do you think that our pitching staff will hold up this year?
3: To what? During the year to get to the playoffs or to win the World yeah, Series or make it?
6: No, no. To, to hold on to make it to the playoffs just through, throughout the season in general.
3: I think the Mets are making the playoffs, so yes, I guess to that extent they can't do it without the pitching being. You know, you'll get at least one of Scherzer and Verlander being serviceable enough to where they could be able to win in the regular season. I mean, remember to make to miss the playoffs be a lot. I mean, that's a lot to as nobody in the Central. You may have one team there that's good. Let's say Milwaukee wins the Central. I don't really think anybody else is going to be as good as the Mets. I, I actually don't think anybody in the East outside of the Braves. Now the Braves may run away with the NL East, but I'm not even worried about the Phillies. I mean, I don't even the Phillies are they're they're okay. Uh, you know, they they're also hit hard by injury. Uh, I don't think the Phillies are as good as they were during their postseason run a year ago. I know they'll get healthier with Bryce coming back at some point, and they can hit, but they don't play baseball the right way. Uh, I, I don't know. I the bullpen stinks. So, I mean, look, the the Mets have to make the playoffs. Simple as that. And I think that they oh, will. I don't think the pitching though so. will be dominant.
6: Yeah, I have another question, Sal. I know I know that maybe you would know better than I would, because you you you're inside, you know, with what goes on in baseball. But today I was watching the game earlier today, and some guy got a base hit and the umpire in first base didn't even know if it was a foul ball or a fair ball. So they stopped the play. They stopped the play. Now I was like this guy got to go because I truly saw it that it was a fair ball. Now I said to myself, this guy got to go. So I'm watching the game with my wife in the daytime because I work in the night. So unfortunately, I, I was lucky to see it in the day. So my wife asked me a question and she tells me, are there any female umpires in baseball? And I said, you know, I don't, I don't really know, but I know that there is in basketball and I know that they have mm. them in football. I'm not too sure about hockey. I said, but in baseball, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I never saw a female, and 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 I watched Jessica Mendez on ESPN, and she's Mendoza. really good. Yeah, Mendoza, she's really good. She knows her baseball. And I'm saying to myself, this guy just missed the call. And I mean, you're telling me that there can't be no female umpires. I was, well, like, I mean, I was, I, uh, I was umpires, shocked to find out that there's no female umpires.
3: Yeah, umpires, I mean, honestly, I've never really given it a thought, John, and I'm sure that'll change at some point, and thank you for the call. But umpires miss calls all the time. It's, it's not a matter of, well, these guys are missing calls because there's no female umpires. I mean, they they miss calls all the time. It's been going on throughout the history of baseball. We just notice it a lot more now because of the camera angles and replays and all those different things. And they miss blatantly easily, uh, easy calls at times. But i never, honestly, until you just brought it up, I never thought about it, a female ump, or if there is one or not. Now that you mention it, there probably isn't because we would know about it, the way that we do in the NBA with officiating and the way that we do in the NFL as well. It'll change eventually. I don't know what is taking so long exactly, assuming that there isn't one. But that's not the reason. You know, guess what? Female officials... They'll blow calls, too. Like, it's part of it. I mean, you just, you're never going to find the perfect official or referee or ump or whatever. Antonio's calling from
7: Manhattan. What's up, Antonio? Hey, What's up, man? How you doing, man? Yeah,
3: how are you, Antonio? I'm all right.
7: Uh, Well, you know, I'm just thinking back uh, the recent, you know, the, 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 the last few days. So, basically, we started with the Darren Ruff situation. Then yeah. right now we're at the Eduardo Escobar situation. Uh, then we probably in two weeks from now we're gonna go to the Drew Smith situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Then after that probably we're gonna go to the Mark Canna situation.
3: Oh Vogelback you know? first. Vogelback's got to be A- in
7: exactly. Yeah, 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 Vogel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. So um, yeah, so I, I think you you made it. You you basically kind of like. Uh, encapsulated everything as far as like what's going on. I think the Mets have been exposed as far as like when you look at their hitting, who's hitting? The two guys that you expect to hit, basically. That's it. Uh, and well, they had the one game. The
3: they're, not, they're not even hitting. They had one good game so far. Now, they mm-hmm. mashed in that one game with, you know, Alonzo two home runs Lindor with the doubles, scoring a bunch of runs. But th- 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 one game, it's been Antonio. That's it. Exactly.
7: exactly. And then you have the relievers uh, and, and like you said, the Diaz situation, like you said, that, that has been, that was the biggest hit because now you have Robertson closing. And so now you have, you know, relievers that, that are going to be put in a situation where they really don't belong because of, of what happened to Diaz. And so kind of like that's what, where we're at as far as the relievers. And then when you look at, for example, uh, the, you know, the the starting pitching to me, that's more my concern really. And I, and I mentioned that to you, uh, in my last call, um, a couple of days ago, that basically that's my concern because here you're dealing with, uh, guys who are older, right? Uh, you depending on these guys and we already saw the results last year. We already saw what happened when you rely on older pitchers, basically most of the time it's not going to work. And, and and so I think what the next what, me, what the Mets need to do now they need to focus on somehow some way you know they have four or five you know prospects right so I think they can focus on maybe trying to some way somehow get a pitcher like a good starting pitcher like a three starter around there uh, third starter excuse me so some, uh, from a team uh, um, you know that not that good and maybe i think you know that i think will kind of like stabilize things but i think that's more my concern than than the hitting than than the relievers uh i think it's more the starting pitching i don't think that um you know you can't rely on these older pitchers for the entire year and yeah but that's a problem you 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 realize
3: that's a major problem antonio they they're paying 80 million ball over 80 million dollars for Mac Scherzer and Justin Verlander. You can't have that happen. You cannot invest more than they've invested in the starting rotation. You can't do it. And you're right. They're going to have to. The odds are they're going to have to. So now – where they've already invested a ton into that rotation, they're going to have to invest more, not to mention that they need another arm or two in the bullpen because of the Diaz stuff, and then they need another bat or two. That's where you look at it and say, this is not the Mets' year.
7: Let me ask you this. I want to close with this. I want to ask you since, I mean, I, I really value your, your perspective. Uh, I think. Let me ask you, this. what will you do now? I think my, my take is this. I think something needs to be done now as far as, like, either a starting pitcher, a hitter. And so what do you think they should do now? Because I think, like you said, they've been exposed as far as, like, what their problems are when you look at their starting lineup, when you look at their starting pitching, when you look at their relievers. So my my question to you is, what can they do now as far as, nothing. like. Uh,
3: nothing. No, there's nothing you think- can do now. It's seven games in. I mean, it's seven games in, Antonio, and thank you for the call. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do. They've been hit hard by injury. They have to try to withstand it. And, ha- and go out there and have the guys that they put in place do their job. You know, as hard as the Mets have been hit with injury, it is not to the lineup. It's to the pitching. You know, Diaz, Quintana, Verlander, the lineup is fine. Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil, those guys got to do their job. And then... You need one of the others, whether it's Canna, whether it's Vogelback, who I can't stand. Hey, Vogelback had three walks yesterday. Isn't that great? Of course he does. He doesn't swing the bat. Of course he's going to walk. Anyway, you, you Vogelback, Canna, the catcher's spot, Escobar. You know, unfortunately, Beatty now with the thumb issue, even though he's day-to-day, I don't know if you're going to see that process expedited the way that you may want it to. Because that could be one of the answers for the lineup. Or Alvarez. You know, maybe we see Alvarez with Norvaez getting banged up a little bit. He left the game with uh, an issue with his calf. So we'll see. Those guys could be the only immediate answers For the lineup. There are no answers for the starting rotation. It's Scherzer, Verlander, Senga, or Bust. You know, obviously McGill and Peterson as well. But that's it. If these guys don't get the job done. You know, here's the worst case scenario. Let's say Tyler McGill doesn't have it. Let's say for whatever reason, Kodai Senga, second time facing the same team, he's not as good. And all of a sudden... You have a situation where the second time through, Carrasco again, you don't trust. Uh, Would would anybody be shocked if Carrasco got lit up again? I know I wouldn't. Then what? Then all of a sudden you're looking at a team now that is really going the wrong way. And by the way, it's three games with the Marlins, and then it gets very tough. um, This is no joke here. As much as I think the Mets are going to make the playoffs, the Mets could be in real danger. Real danger by the end of April. Three here with the Marlins, then the Padres come in. You know what you're getting into with that. Then they go on the dreaded West Coast trip. A long one. Ten days. Three in Oakland, three with the Dodgers in L.A., and then four in San Francisco. Then they come back home, Nationals for three, and then the Braves for four. And that's really where the Mets, and remember, the reason why we're putting such an emphasis on it right now is because there's no Verlander, and Scherzer's struggling, Quintana's out, they're they're already going into the the depth of that starting rotation, no Edwin Diaz, and he won't be here for the whole year. And the lineup right now can't get going. So all those things, even in just a short, small sample size so far to start the year, if they continue even for another week or so, the Mets are going to be in big trouble because they're going to have to be at their best to be able to win these games coming up against the Padres, Dodgers, Giants, and Braves. And the way the Braves look to start the year is the complete opposite. They picked up right where they left off. They can't lose until October until the postseason, of course. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call The Fan
4: at 877-337-6666. Powered by
1: Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
3: Sal Licata back on The Fan. On this Thursday morning, eight seven seven three three seven sixty-six sixty-six. So this weekend now, I'm gonna try to go to the Met game on Saturday. Fleagues, what happened to you now? Because you were supposed to go today. How does your plans change here for opening day? Are you able to go tomorrow still?
0: Well, I was already going to the home opener, and I'm sorry if this is insensitive to anybody, but I am overjoyed and thrilled that the game was postponed because now I don't have to go to the game in between overnight shifts. I can go Friday after working, and then Friday night I'm free to sleep and just recover. So sorry if this ruined anybody's plans out there, but I am thrilled that the Mets not only postponed it, but I got excited when the Orioles did this uh, during the game's, on Wednesday afternoon thinking ah, maybe I'll get lucky and the Mets will do it on Wednesday night too and they came through for me.
3: Yeah, and I was thinking of you because of that exact reason knowing that our work week ends on radio at 5 a.m. or whatever, you know, for you maybe 5.30 or 6 a.m. on Friday, meaning then you're done. You're free. Mentally, you're free. You don't have to worry about coming back. You go get some rest, whatever, and then and sleep even the whole night and get to go experience opening day. So you are in favor of this. You think most people will just... Go Friday,
0: or are they going to be majorly inconvenienced here? I would have to think if you were somebody who had, you know, this isn't a situation where it got postponed off of a weekend and onto right. a weekday. This was one weekday for another. You know, most of these, uh, not most, but a lot of these people were probably working from home nowadays anyway, or you're switching off day. I have to think most people, if you were able to go on a Thursday afternoon, you can go on a Friday afternoon. Sorry, oh, I mean, wait, sorry, I- there are definitely going to be people out there who can't make it work, but because it's weekday to weekday, I would think most people are able to pull this off.
3: Yeah, I mean, it stinks. I just hate having something that's scheduled that gets moved because I've been in that spot before where you have to move other things around and make sure you make it, especially such a big thing like this with opening day. But ultimately, I feel like, you look, know, you want to make it happen, you make it happen. Now, I am going to go Saturday. At least that's the plan right now. I guess it's weather permitting um, we're supposed to have good weather this weekend. Uh, my mother was telling me it was supposed to be warm. I was looking at the thing myself and said it was supposed to be cold, uh, on Saturday. Uh, I don't know about the rain. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. A high of 50, low of 37 and cloudy. That's not great on Saturday. It really? Th- th- this weather's all over the place. Today was 77 degrees for goodness sake. Or I guess that's today is going to be 77 degrees. Yesterday wasn't that bad. But wasn't as good as the day before. Really, Monday, Tuesday it felt like T shirt weather. Yesterday was a little more uh long sleeve. Today I guess it's gonna be warm but rainy. And then oh, a little bit cooler on Saturday. Anyway, so Saturday I'm gonna try to go to the game, and then Sunday you have Easter. And then check this out. You wanna talk about having uh I don't know if you know, getting screwed is the right way to put it, but next weekend it's my daughter's second birthday, and my wife decided, I guess my wife and I decided to take my daughter and some of our immediate family to Sesame Place for the day. I haven't even mapped it out yet, but I, I think it's like three-hour drive. I mean, between the next two weeks, this is what I mean with needing an extra day. Remember what we were talking about yesterday? You need a maintenance day? I'm not really off. I mean, Saturday, I'm going to the Met game. It's not really off for me. It's kind of working. Sundays, Easter. Where's my off day? You know, Easter you got to spend with the family, whatever. Where's the off day? Before I'm right back to work again. And then the following weekend, Sesame Place. Where's the off day?
0: Is that better or worse than the big party you had to plan last year? Because remember, last year at this time, you were talking about that pretty much every day on the air leading up to it. Correct. It is –
3: I think this is better because I have not given it any thought. We bought the tickets, and that's about that. Like, I haven't. we haven't even – done anything for it It, to a point. Like I said, I got to map it out and think about start thinking about, okay, well, what time do we have to leave for this thing? When are we able to get back Does somebody have to watch the dog or can it be left home for the, you know, eight to 10 hours last year was more of just like, you know, it was almost like a wedding planning thing, Uh, a mini wedding planning thing where you had to worry about who's sitting, where, who's showing up, how many heads are there going to be? You know, it was, it was a lot that went, it was nice when it was all said and done, but it was a lot that went into that. And a lot more expensive, not to mention last year. So, this one's better and definitely better for my wife, which in, in part is obviously better for me, right? Anything
0: better for her is better for me. So, it's just stress, Fleek. Stress. I, I, I think of things kind of the same way as you. Like, if I have to do something else, maybe even work related or just, you know, other not, you know, just obligations. I don't see that as an off day. So when you were preaching on that last night, I mean, that maybe resonated with me more than anything else you've ever said. The need for maintenance. Like, listen, because I'm doing the overnight, you know, and sleeping during the day, if I have stuff like the doctor or the dentist I used to go to has earlier uh, hours in the early morning or late morning, early afternoon. Like, when am I going to do that? I wake up as they're ending their days. Like, I I need off days or the maintenance days like you put them just to be able to go run errands and do stuff that I, I don't know when other people find the time to do it, but when you work the hours we do, it is tough to find the windows for certain things.
3: Yeah, and I think we should thank Adam Silver and the NBA because if guys like Kawhi Leonard, uh, and I'm not picking on him, he's just one that comes to mind, if these guys could get maintenance days, why can't we get maintenance days? We're the ones who are working five days a week. They don't even work in five days a week, and they're getting maintenance days.
0: They can't play back-to-backs. Meanwhile, we have to do five days in a row.
3: Can you uh, imagine, Fleegs, you know how many times I've had to talk to a doctor or a dentist in the last two years? And they're like, okay, well, when can you come in? And I'm like, um, you know what? I don't really think I can. Like, what do you have available? Uh, wh- wh- what time early in the morning? The 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock? I'm like, no, no, later. You have anything around noon? They're like, oh, no, sorry, we're out to launch at noon. Okay, well, do you have anything at around 1, and can I be out of there by 2 o'clock? Like, that is my window from 12 to 2 to get this stuff done.
0: I right, need it Right, they judge day. you. Oh, you can't do 9 a.m.? I'm like, all right, well, how about can you do, you know, 6.45, 7 when I'm coming home? <laughs> right. Don't give me a dirty look because I don't want to stay up for two or three hours after work.
3: And you guys open at 9 p.m. potentially? That's the other thing. Today I have a – so I remember yesterday I was saying I have a uh, the car maintenance that I need to get done. So I tried to squeeze that in today. We'll see how that goes. Because if I if the alarm goes off and I'm shot, I'm just gonna cancel it like I do everything else. But as of now, eleven AM car appointment, although it's good now that I don't have to worry about the Met game, uh, you know, if anything went late. But it usually takes an hour and a half, eleven a.m. I gotta get ready to come back into the city for SNY. So anyway, it's just it, it, you see what I mean? We're ready through April. Oh, I have to thank Able. you for that.
0: I'm I'm putting a reminder in my phone. I was supposed to call my mechanic before and after I got back from Vegas, so I'm putting the reminder. In. That's the other thing too. If you think about the stuff you have to, you know, get done during the day at 2:55 a.m., by the time it's the next day and those people are awake to make the phone calls, it's not at the top of your mind. So I'm setting Correct. that reminder on my phone right now for tomorrow or now later Thursday afternoon to pick up the phone and schedule an appointment with my mechanic. It
3: legit takes me weeks. I'll give you, I'll get back to the calls in a second. I'll give you one more example. 877-337-6666. So, and Marco, you could uh, chime in here if, if you please. So I went to Port St. Lucie a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, March 17th. And she doesn't even know how long ago it is now. But anyway, went to Port St. Lucie and Terry Collins basically took care of me the entire weekend. Like he picked me up, dropped me off, had me over at his house for dinner, It took me to the, you know, we went to the game and sat together. So I wanted to do something nice you know, because I was there. All I did was bring whatever wine they had in the hotel to his house. I really didn't have any other choice. I didn't have a car on my own. And it was kind of like a, you know, a a rush thing. I got there. I went to work. Then I was hanging out with him, whatever. So I wanted to do something nice. I was like, how did my to-do list send Terry either a thank you note or some kind of thank you thing. And I finally got around to sending it. This week, I think Tuesday night or whatever, one of these nights, Tuesday or, or Tuesday morning, whatever it was, Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon. And I told my wife, oh, I finally sent the uh, the thing. She's like, you sent it now? How long ago did you go there? I was like, what, what do you want from me? At least I sent it. I didn't, I mean, this is it. I This is the time that it took me to get this thing done. I had to take the time, figure out what I wanted to do, map the whole thing out, you know, put it, put it in the system, whatever it may be. It took me three weeks. Three weeks to send a thing. Now, you think he'll appreciate it, right?
4: A hundred percent. I don't think three weeks is a long time at all.
0: For that? I mean, I, no, you know, I was there. Okay. Listen, no, he invited no. you into your, his home after all those years where you called for him to be fired on whatever <laughs> station you were on at the time on <laughs> TV. So, I, I think Terry could forgive and forget and move on.
3: Uh, you, you are right about that. I was all worried the night that we actually had dinner at his house and we went out back by his pool and we were having uh, some dessert and just bs and I started to tell him about uh, one time that I got uh, a little bit in trouble for tweeting out that during the 2015 season, or it was either 2015 or 2016 That changes need to be made, top to bottom. Changes need to be made with this team because they just got swept by the Diamondbacks. And shortly after that, he's like, all right, I think it's time to go. And I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, did I say something wrong? He got up pretty quick and drove us home, but then we hung out the next day, so all was good. But you know what I'm saying, Marco? Like, we have no you with these overnight, and Marco, you're stopping at Stop and Shop on the way home, for goodness sake.
4: Yeah, you ain't kidding. I mean, that's sometimes where you got to find— any window you can. I'll go food shopping at 6 o'clock in the morning on the overnight with the guys with the boxes in the aisle, and I know it well because I've done that, where you're trying to get through and try to get the cart through and let me get the hell out of here as fast as possible, and I got to go about a half hour further away from my house because it's the only 24-hour supermarket that I know of. But these are the things you got to do when you work the hours that we work. So to me, three weeks, I I feel like that's actually done quickly. I mean, maybe I'm crazy or I'm just a bad person, but... As long as I would say you're good within six months of that three weeks Whoa. I feel like you're all over it
3: no, six months you'd be like, "What we had you over, when was that three weeks, I'm all right, but I guess the point is just in general, even with the car thing, it's like you put it off because you're like I'm shot the you, you think I want to wake up at ten thirty or ten o'clock and take my car to get serviced uh, this morning. I do not I want to sleep till noon or one and and rest up, which I may do. I may sleep through it, but it's like if I don't schedule it. It's not gonna get done. And then a week goes by, two weeks go by, whatever. And that's just what the car. It could be the dentist, could be the doctor. You know what I mean? This is why we need a maintenance day.
4: There's a a few things. One, and this is coming from me. Stop going to the doctor. Forget about that. Just get rid of that. Just get rid of all doctors. Don't do that. Just skip all that. As long as as you feel good, keep moving. You know, it's almost kind of like I don't want to know what's going on. At least these are my philosophies. I don't want to know what's going on, even though I know I'm sure something's lurking. Don't tell me about it until (laughs) I'm ready. Okay. So let's skip all that. That gives you some free time. The, the car, I don't know if I told you this, Sal. I had two nails in two different tires in a span of four days. Oh, God. So Beautiful. I actually went there from here, worked the night, take the kids or whatever, go right there, right from when they opened the, the, the garage door and got it fixed. You got to wait a while. They plugged it both times. They they didn't charge me because they're awesome, but uh, able to plug both of but you talk about no sleep. That's you're, you're shot now because now that's another See, like two days out, of, two hours out of your day. You're screwed. There's no way. Those are forced
3: maintenance days. Like you don't have it. There is no procrastinating with that. That's I have no choice. I have right. to get this done.
4: Right. Well, and, I had. No, and, I, I knew I had something wrong with the tire light coming on, and I, I could just tell. And apparently, you're just like driving through a war zone around here, and I don't know if they're ever going to actually fix Hudson. I. They did a nice job of removing the street. Be cool if they actually put it back that's been like a month now so it seems like everywhere you go in new york i'm driving over nails the guy's looking at me he's like where do you go and i'm like apparently a war zone every day when i come to work
3: and then and then you got the lawn now we were talking about this a little bit yesterday you got the lawn that you have to maintain dude it's just i really can't take it the house yourself your family the car the lawn i mean it's ridiculous so now he's texting me i go yeah okay i'm ready for the spring cleanup because you want mulch No, I don't want more because last time I got the most, first of all, it's ridiculous money for something I couldn't give a crap less about. I do not care what my backyard looks like. I don't even care what my front yard looks like, but my wife does. So I have to give something there. I don't care what the yard looks like because other people think about you think I give a damn about what my lawn looks like. Brown, green, who gives a crap? And the mulch, the, the, the thousands of dollars that the mulch cost. And then last time there were these little black bugs that were all over the place because of the mulch. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, I don't
4: want it. You know, he actually called you to see if you wanted the spring cleaning?
3: Yeah, while well, your guy doesn't do
4: it. He just showed up. And then one day, uh, <laughs> I was literally, that was in my four-hour sleep window. I wake up. My wife was like, they came for the spring cleaning, the, the bills in the, in the mailbox. I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah. okay like, uh, and it's smart on their part they show up i mean they do it and they bill you it's like well you know you were you bringing me back for this year apparently you are because i just showed up and cleaned your lawns so it's like uh, uh, all right yeah i might as well keep you smart
3: yeah uh, it's it, it's another it
4: just never ends it never ends
3: the mulch no i don't want the mulch as a matter of fact i'm gonna have, <laughs> and i was like let me ask my wife what she wants to do we got to do something because it does look like crap but I mean, I I don't know. Just the whole thing. Here we go again. And that's kind of my point, right? We So we have, you know, the, the weekend with Easter, shot. Next weekend, daughter's birthday, shot. And if it's not, you know, everybody's always got something, right? Some family member's birthday or some kid's friend's birthday party. There's always something. There's just not enough time. There's not enough time at all.
4: Anyway. I, I we'll think you're too to nice, your Sal. I think one of the things you have to do is make sure that you get rid of all these things. Friends, birthdays, get rid of it. Daughter's friends. Get rid of it. Just wait
0: till these obligations wipe out your summer weekends. Get rid of it.
3: Yeah, it, it's not even. I haven't even gotten started yet because my daughter is. She's not even two. And wait till she starts meeting friends or having activities. Then I got to go to that stuff. No, you don't. i about it. Crap. But yeah. I, well, I don't want to go
0: to it. <laughs> honestly,
3: I don't. Salicata Sal I mean, but-
0: after being forced to hang out with the parents of his young daughter's friends, is just going to be next level. Can't wait for oh, that. Oh
3: no, it's it's coming too uh, because my wife made a new friend. She hung out with a friend last weekend, and I know what's coming. She's like, well, oh, the next time, maybe we could go out to dinner with the husbands. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, maybe I'll do it once and suck it up, I guess, for my wife because I am, as you said, a, a nice guy. But I really don't want to be doing this. See, here's, here's what it comes down to, and I'll admit this. I think I'm too selfish. I care about me. I want my time back. Where did my time go? You get married. You have kids. Where's my time? This is it. This is my time. Talking to you guys. Venting about life and venting about the men. That's my time.
0: At least you had your 20s and 30s to yourself because, you know, this could have happened when you were 25.
3: That is true. I did wait uh, a very long time to get married. All those years, the pressure from the family, you know, your mom, when are you getting married? When are you getting married? Leave me alone. Will you?
0: (laughs) This might be the problem. You know what you lost. You know what you gave up. Other people who get married and have kids young, they don't know what they're missing out on you know yeah that is that is probably part of the issue you and miss 20, single sal because you know how great single sal's life was
3: i know i love single sal <laughs> i had a great time in the city by myself i was old enough to appreciate it and i gave it up and i'll tell you this you know my mother all these years i'll oh, get married get married get married get married when are you get married when are you have kids and my father i'll never forget this and i was like what is he t- what's what's the issue here we were we were just driving somewhere randomly, and it was as after I got engaged, and I swear. And my father, meanwhile, he liked my wife a lot. He goes to me, eh, dead serious. You sure you want to do this? And I'm like, What do you mean? He's like, You sure you want to get married? Like, did you really you you're sure I'm like, Yeah, Dad, you know, she's a great girl, whatever. No, he's like, I know that, I know that. But you sure you want to do this? And now I know why he was trying to save me he was trying to save me and i didn't he didn't want to come out and say it he was getting there but he didn't he's like all right he was trying to save me i wish i knew then dad oh god 877-337 no but seriously getting married is the best uh, best thing that ever happened to me 337 three, seven, 66, six. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. And that's two best days of my life ever. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise getting married and having a baby. It just, it really changed my
2: life forever. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds.